It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semifinals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. About, he's had a busy old weekend. He was uh, at a wedding and at a, at, a, at, a, uh, at the pub trying to win on the punt but from <laughs> absolute hiding. And we was trying to find <laughs> Alan, Alan from Fakatani. But we can't find Alan from Fakatani. Alan, if you're still out there, give us a text, double eight, double three. I want to hear from you. But Louis tried to hunt you down, but he couldn't find you. We'll yeah. go over to Louie. How are you, Louie? Yeah, good. As I actually, you're right. I went to Fakatane to find Al and um, I just happened to come across a wedding while I was there and I didn't find Al. I might have found Alan's brother at the t- TAB self terminal um, at the, the local TAB there. At, at, the guy couldn't quite work out how to scan his code. So I was struggling. He was struggling with that. I tried to give him a help. Um, yeah, met the locals of Fakatane. Good to be back in the provinces, right. is he? Yeah, I've seen your posts on that, mate. Provinces, like, what was that little post? Uh, two two pints for five bucks or something like that you've seen? A little jug for like $13, a handle for seven bucks, and then a, a, a vodka and blue V, a big adver- advertisement in the in the, the oh, bathroom. <laughs> you know blue that? V? I don't oh, know, Lee. mate. Very provincial, very regional, but that's all right. It was good to be down there. Jeez, I don't know about... Um, the 03, but man, the weather was terrible this weekend up in the middle yeah. part of the North Island. Yeah, it was bad. It was very, very bad down in Christchurch. That was me all weekend. I was on the couch just watching TV. I was actually, you would have been busy, uh, you know, spending some good quality time with your partner. Mm. You've been busy, mate, I must admit. You've been busy. You've been holding the fort down for a very long time. So I'm sure that weekend away with Shannon would have been, um, you know, would have been great for you both. Uh, but for me, I was. Just, yeah, I was watching a lot of Winter Olympics, mate. I was watching oh, TV good. and just ripping into Winter Olympics. Ripping into, into honestly, curling, mate. How good is a lot it? Of curling. How good oh, is it? <laughs> it, is a, it is a game, eh? It's like, just slowly, like, just the, the way that they're able to, like, kill those, bloody, what are they? What do you call those little things that they kill down there? Anyway, curl it down there, and then the teamwork, they're talking to each other, and they're brooming it and brushing it all down, slowing it down, and then the other team jumps in to try and speed it up. And Mate, I was absolutely hooked on it, eh? I was loving that. So watching a bit of that. And then um, yesterday I was watching a downhill ski, and these skiers, mate, 
these skiers are going down this hill, this mountain, at 130 clicks. 130 clicks. And I saw this one guy, mate, I think he broke his arm because he hit the hit the barrier at about 130 clicks. And oh it, was, it wasn't nice. But the way that they're able to put their bodies when they're going down these mountains, their knees, their ankles, the strength that, or, or the strength that these guys' legs will have to be at to be able to endure all that, oh, mate, I just I got so so much admiration for it. So I was really uh, enjoying it. And then the Golden Girl, mate, the Golden Girl, um, Zoe Sadowski's in it. Well, how good was she? Like, just after a second run, mate, like, knowing that she needed something big, something big to get that gold medal, I was thinking, man, this is going to really test her, like, She's only 20 years of age, mm. young, mm. and she, just seeing her face before that last run, she was just sitting there with her coach, she was just so motivated, so she was just intense, she was determined, and she was standing there, and then she just gave her um, coach the awkward COVID elbow, and then she just started her way down that mountain, and, and, and what a run, what a run. For her to be able to do that, mate, just... It's just incredible. The so pre- much admiration for her. So, so you're right. The way she blocked out the pressure, and I, I um, mm. heard her post game. I've seen every media interview. I just think she's the best. I think she is so mm. cool, and I've watched every interview. And what she said was, "Well, I knew that if I did my run, I could win, mm. and no one could do it." You know, like she's like, "All I had to do was go and do it." She just simplified it. She's like, "I knew I could do it, so all I had to do was stand at the top and do it." And she just took, yeah. stripped everything out of it and just did it. And, um, you know, we love mm. doers around here, Izzy. I've been loving it as well. You're right. The slalom is insane. The curling, yeah. the way they scratch the ice and can pretty much get it to like bowling leg spin, the way they can get those kettles to rip and turn. And then last night watching Ben Barclay and Finn Billis, they both mm. just missed out on the um, they just missed out on the finals. I think they I think Ben Barclay finished um, somewhere just out of the twelve. Finn Billis just behind him. But the big year, and these guys, so they're sending it over this one jump right, and then they land down the bottom, and then the camera comes close up to them, and they kind of get get like a little bit of time if they want to say something like "What up, Wanaka." Mm. Or like, you know, hey, mum, hey, dad. And it was making me think, like, what would you be saying, Izzy, if you were down there? Would you be singing the Quizzy Dag theme song? Or? <laughs> what would I be saying? Obviously, I'll just be um, just thanking the Lord for getting me down there safely, mate. Wow-wee. Some of those things, those manoeuvres that these athletes do, it's just mind-boggling, man. I was watching someone yesterday doing that downhill jump, and they're landing backwards. Landing backwards, mate, and skiing down this mountain backwards. I just, yeah. I'll just be praying, bud. I'll be praying and saying thank you, Lord, for getting me down here very, very safely. Um, yeah, <laughs> I've got a lot of admiration for these athletes, mate. Because you, you know that, like you, you've been skiing. That you've snow, skiing that snow now, is not soft. That snow is not I soft. Know. <laughs> yeah, it's not soft, mate. And these people running, got skiing down there and falling off at 120 clips. And then you see this guy um, in a replay or someone, you know, when they're just doing a little shot or something, and he's got a full noise spade, and he's like, and it's just ice. It's just like, oh, wow. So that ain't that ain't soft. Well, no way. The, you know, I actually, I think um, the ice, so, you know, we, it's great that the Winter Olympics are going on, although I did see this pretty horrific story about how much water was used to create all the snow for this. And it's, yeah. yeah. 
yeah, pretty much could have like sustained Africa for a few years. Um, <laughs> but you know, get on, get on the IOC and especially that shot, eh? The shot of um, when they're doing that uh, downhill ski, and it's just nothing. And then there's that big, <laughs> magnificent um, building that, or that the big ramp that they've yes. just created, and it's got all the snow on it. And then out the back, there's like three nuclear plants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like. Oh, okay. I'm trying not, try not to laugh in, in case the spies listening, but um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, pretty, it's pretty intense. And so the, the snow, it's a hundred percent fake, which is the first time like, yeah. the, the Winter Olympics. And so Alice Robinson, um, unfortunately, she and her um, mm. favorite discipline yesterday, she just didn't quite get it right. And I know that they were saying that her equipment with the snow, they just couldn't quite get her happy and healthy, and it just. It was hard, and it's not the same as being up there in um, Europe and just on that kind of our natural snow. So there's lots of different, yeah. lots of different reasons um, why this is a unique games. But you're right, we we love a gold medal more than anything, and Zoe Sadowski mm. it just is so lovable. What a weekend! What a weekend, bud! What a weekend! And look, there's another te- there's text coming from our good mate. Um, Marky, we're going to talk about this a wee bit, just with all the cancelled race meetings, there were another couple cancelled on the weekend, Louis, and I know everyone's up and about, and we've spoken about it before, but it's happened again, and uh, yeah. look, I don't really know, but but are these avoidable? Are these avoidable? These cancellations? Obviously, we can't control the weather, and the weather has been nasty around the whole entire country as of late. There's been hundreds and hundreds of miles of rain it has fallen from the skies, but surely can it be avoidable? Yeah, of course it can. Um, thanks for mm. texting, Mark. Morning, boys. Just a question why there's so many race meetings cancelled and postponed nowadays. Look back five, ten years, maybe you get one a year in the North Island. Definitely mm. has more than the South because of the track managers aren't as good. Your thoughts, Mark? Um, yeah, it's, look, it's avoidable, is he? But what, mm. what what's important to remember here is that when that Trentham abandonment happened on the group one day and it was just it was terrible. It's that was awful. Yeah. They did commission and they are right now undergoing changes at New Zealand Thoroughbred Racing. I know that. Mm. They are they've got a bunch of what you'd call KPIs or actions that they are working to deliver by the end of this month, end of March, end of June, May. They've got a bunch of goals they've set themselves. So I'm probably, and this punters might not like to hear this, but I'm probably a bit more generous with my time at the moment because I know they're working on it, and I think we can start yell and be angry and angry, but like they can't fix it, and they'd never told us it was going to be fixed by eighth or seventh of February. But at the same time, it's not good enough to have a Saturday track, a Saturday meet um, at Taranaki cancelled, then the one at Tauranga cancelled. It is avoidable. The infrastructure always mm. needs to be upgraded or we need to really have a deep and long, hard think about where we want to be racing on Saturday because it doesn't happen to your premier meets. was good that there was uh, uh, racing at Wingatui. I'm probably willing just to give them a little bit more time because they never told us, as, again, they never told us it was going to be perfect and fixed by now and at least they are aware of the issues. But it's not good enough, Mark, and... Um, it is avoidable. So I'm probably just kind of idling mm. along at the moment, hoping for change very, very shortly. And then if it doesn't come, then we'll line them up and we'll hammer them. But until then, I'm happy to give them a shot. And you can go to New Zealand Thoroughbred Racing website, search Love Racing Trentham Abandonment. And online, you'll find an article where it says all of the things they want to change and when they're going to change it by. Then go have a look and then come back and we can kind of go through those in the coming months. Mm. Beautiful.
No, love, love your little thoughts here, Louis. That's why I threw it straight to you because I know you'll be all over that, mate. So cheers for that wee answer. I hope that answers your question there, Mark. Keep those texts coming through. Uh, we've got another one here. Morena Lads, huge effort by Zoe. Still floors me that it took until 1992 before the entire Southern Hemisphere could win a medal at the Winter Olympics. Great Six Nations win for Scotland too, is he? Cheers, that is from our friend of the show, Tim, the teacher. Yeah, great win from Scotland over England. Honestly, didn't pick it. Didn't pick it. I thought England had uh, turned the corner, but no, Scotland have had the wool over them as of late and uh, got another win for the Scots, and it's great to see them getting up and about. Everyone, we love anyone beating England, let's be honest. We love anyone giving England a go, and well, Ireland has absolutely trounced Wales in the other match, and then France too good for Italy. In the end, but um, yeah, great to see Scotland keep those texts coming in throughout the morning. We're going to try and get Baz back on the show. We've just got a few things we've got to get sorted, and then we'll get him back and about. But Louis, till then, you're on, mate. You are on. We'll be back shortly to talk a bit more Winter Olympics. It's well and alive, and it's truly kicking. Hopefully, we get some more medals on the medal table for the Kiwis. We'll be back shortly. You're listening to Baz and Izzy for breakfast. Thanks to the Chemist Warehouse. Great savings every day. Okay, I'm going to get a little nostalgic here. As a kid, I was fascinated with the world of professional wrestling. Names like Hogan, Bret Hart, The Ultimate Warrior, and Stone Cold Steve Austin. These were our heroes. Fast forward to 2022, the WWE is bigger than it was has ever been before, with fans spanning across the globe, all in support of the WWE universe. Last Sunday at the Royal Rumble, Bobby Lashley defeated Brock Lesnar to win his second WWE title. The champ. Bobby Lashley joins us on the line now. How you doing, champ? Oh, fantastic, man. You know what? And when I heard New Zealand, I was like, man, we got to have this interview in person. It seems a little impersonal. I think I need to come there. <laughs> I, talk with, I talk with so many people, and they always tell me, of all your travels, where do you put as one of, one of your top places to visit? In New Zealand, the times that I went out there – always been amazing so it's always been a name that i've always thrown out there so next time we do this interview i need to come down there and do a more face-to-face deal oh we would love that absolutely love it i'm a massive wrestling fan as well champ and uh it's great to uh, it's great to have you on and really appreciate it well although i'm not sure standing next to you in person would be great i'm about four foot nothing so you'd look just tower over <laughs> us but anyway i just want to talk to you quickly i know we haven't got too long with uh, with you and your man and absolute demand but Tell us quickly just about how how things unfolded the other night at uh, in, at the Royal Rumble. We defeated Brock Lesnar. Talk us through it. Well, you know, it, it was one of those those matchups that people have been asking for forever, and um, and it needed to happen. Unfortunately, it happened kind of a shotgun deal where we had a little um, fallout of the previous. Um, I think it was day one where where Roman had COVID, so he couldn't go there. So Brock moved on our match. So we all got a little upset and we were like, we got to get it away from him. And then I, I won the, I won the Fatal Four Way and then made it in there with Brock. So I, this was a matchup that everybody wanted for a long time. And going in there, that's what we wanted to do. Threw some heavy punches, heavy blows. He threw everything he had at me. And then ultimately I pinned him and walked away with the title. I mean, so that's like the biggest deal. And the biggest takeaway from that matchup is at the end of it, I pinned him. And I became the WWE champion for the second time. Hey, hey, you've been around the scene for so long as well, champ. You've been since, well, 2005 been fighting. 
uh, wrestling from uh, in the in the big leagues, but it's been a part of your right throughout your entire life, right? You you grew up uh, in the sport, and and now you stand at the very top of the tree as WWE champion. That must be pretty awesome. Yeah, man, it's it's one of those things where I I, I fell in love with the work. I fell in love with the grind, um, and I never really thought about titles so much. I, I was like. I'm here now. I'm doing what I what I need to do. You know, waking up early, doing the cardio, doing the lifting, doing the the training, and and then the fighting and everything like that. I've done it so long in my life that it just became um, second nature. It became like brushing my teeth. But with all that hard work, I knew that these titles started coming. And, and this last few years for me have just been a absolute dream. And I know down there in New Zealand that you guys get all the content with WWE on the WWE Network, which is is, is, is great for us because we can reach so many more places. But um, this run has just been incredible. And and everything that I put into it is, is, is paying off. I, I, I can also say, you know, hard work. I always say the harder I work, the luckier I get. And I've been working hard and I've been extremely lucky these past few years. Hey, Bobby, just, just talk to us a little bit. I know in, in character you're, you're playing the heel at the moment, but just can you give us some sort of We've got a lot of big boys down here in New Zealand, right? We're bred to, bred to play rugby and be big, strong fellas. Not myself, but we've got a few big fellas. Izzy, my co-host, is one of them. Tell us what it takes to, for the young kids here in New Zealand. How, how do they, to, to try and be one day, dream of being a, a, a wrestling superstar, a WWE champ. What, what can you say to them? How can you inspire them for us, other than what you're doing in the, in the ring? You know, I think the biggest thing is just you got to be dedicated and you got to be persistent. That was the biggest thing that I've ever learned in, in, in training. I mean, I wrestled many years in, in amateur wrestling and, and, I, and I was really successful in the amateur wrestling ranks. And the one thing that I learned was persistence. Anything that you want to do, you have to be persistent with it. You can't accept no. You can't, you can't slow down. You've got to go hard. you got to go hard all the time. I mean, with anything, any move that you want to get, you can't stop until you get it. And, and I think everybody, like I can tell you all, okay, wake up in the morning, do this, do that, do that. But you can read that anywhere. It's the people that don't continually do that that kind of fall off. The people that stay consistent, stay persistent to whatever that is, and those are the people that eventually make it there. And you can't look and say, okay, I worked my butt off for this year, so where's my title? No, because for me, it took 17 years to get my first shot at this title. So persistence is there. you got to fall in love with the work, and then the successes will come. But you have to fall in love with the work, and if you don't fall in love with the work, or you don't stay true to the work, then it it it, it will it, it's not going to come for you. My coach used to always say it before when I had amateur wrestling matches. He used to always say, "I would ask you if you're ready, but you're just going to tell me yes, like everybody else." They say, "Hey, are you ready? Yeah, coach, I'm ready." Everybody says that. He said, "But the more the one person you can't lie to is yourself." So that night before the tournament. You look yourself in the mirror and all those different questions are going to come out. You're going to think about that time that you didn't work out two weeks ago or that time or I could have did a little bit more here. Or I could have did a little more here or I could have stayed dedicated or I shouldn't have went out and got that drink or I shouldn't have done this or I shouldn't have done that. Those are the times where you beat yourself up because when now you get in that mass, you start questioning yourself a little bit more and that voice becomes a little louder. So I always tell people, eliminate that voice by doing everything that you have to do to become successful. That's it. I mean, there's no, everybody will tell you the same thing. Everybody that made it to a very successful level will tell you that the hard work and staying true to that hard work got them to where they did. 
where they made it. They didn't say, oh, yeah, well, you know, I should have worked out that day and I went and partied and I forgot about it. And then I just took it and slept mm. in. And I did that. you got to stay true to the grind. And if you stay true to the yeah. grind, then every door opens up for you. And then later on, you know, that Gatorade always tastes better after you wear one of these tires. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Locking out the noise and getting doing the mahi. We call it mahi down here. Hard work, and you do the mahi, you get the treats. Hey, um, yeah. also, we just um talk to us. I guess a little bit. Like you've been around the, the scene for a long time now. How, how's the WWE changed from when you were first involved to to what it is now? I, th- I think the crowd changed a little bit. I mean, and- I don't know if it's we changed the crowd or the crowd changed us, but um, of course we went more family styles, family oriented. Before wrestling used to be wild, it was wild. I mean, you would see some of the wildest stuff on TV, and but right now it's 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 still we still have the element of wow all the way through it. It's just a different kind of wow, and we cater to a, a bigger audience. You know, I have my kids, and my kids, I like to bring my kids to a show. My kids, when they sit, they come to the show and get them front row and their eyes are wide the whole time. They're excited. And that's one thing that we bring into wrestling is that excitement. And um, that's, I mean, it's not like it is changed from now and then. It's just kind of a different locker room. It's a different style. It's a different feel of wrestling. But I think now it it enables more people to get in. You see uh, some of those guys, we we have a lot more high flyers. Like you you take a person like a ricochet. Ricochet, if you haven't seen Ricochet, you got to tune into the network because the guy is incredible. Um, Some of the things that he does is just just groundbreaking. Same with Seth Rollins and some of these other guys. I mean, you have to tune your game. You have to change your game a little bit. When I first came in, I was I was like, I want to be big, strong, and I want to just pick people up, slam them, and break them in half, and then throw them out. You know, now it's like oh, I got to do a little bit different training, you know, because some of these guys are slicker, more agile, more uh, more more versed in fighting across the board. So my training now changed since I just started. When I first started, it was it was weights, weights, weights. Now I'm doing my boxing training. I'm doing more cardio training. I'm, I'm, I'm increasing my flexibility. I'm trying to do more stretching. I'm trying to rehab my body a little bit more because there's a lot more elements to this game. It's it's a lot more high flying. It's a lot more faster pace. And it's, it's it's a lot different competition that you have now than what I had before. Oh, you're a superstar. I know you're a man in demand, so we're going to have to let you go. Just before we do, can you name one idol growing up in WWE? Um, Bobby Lashley. Yeah, I Let me throw let me throw a couple of names out. I'm gonna throw one name out that brought me into the business. Kurt Angle. I I I take him to heart, man. He was the one that got me into the business. But as a kid, just kind of growing up, like Kane, I thought Kane was just crazy. I loved the big red machine. I thought it was just incredible. Undertaker, some of those characters. Um, and then you know, I I, I copied a lot of moves that I that I started out with was from Farouk, um, but then Booker T. I mean, there, there's so many. I can't name one particular person <laughs> because there's so many. And when I start talking about it, I get, I get excited. But, you know, everybody has that wrestling story. And, and for me, there was just so many people that I put into that wrestling story as I was growing up. Oh, you're a legend. Absolute champion. Thanks heaps for joining us on Baz Nizzy for breakfast. Bobby Lashley, WWE champion. Take care. Pleasure, man. Thank you. That was about the Justin Lager saga. Unbelievable. Mm. Some plenty of heat from former former Australian cricketers as well. Check this one out from Ricky Ponting and Matthew Hayden.
I actually think it's a, a really sad day as far as Australian cricket's concerned. And, and if you look back, it's been a really poor six months, I think, of the way that the Cricket Australia as a whole have handled um, some of the better people in Australian cricket, being Justin Langer and Tim Payne. I think it's been almost embarrassing. And the DOS, Big Matthew Hayden. The whole thing just reeks of being orchestrated from the basically the moment that all of this garbage started coming out, you know, in the middle of winter last year. You could see that the writing was on the wall. And just to really throw a real sort of another heavyweight <laughs> into the mix. Holy hicker. Our good friend over there at ECN, Adam Gilchrist with Gerard Waitley yesterday. And the players are well and truly entitled to have their put into back-to-head office to say how things are going and, and how they feel about situations. What I'm concerned about is the governance qualities at Creed Australia. They get Justin to come in and do that very, very challenging job. They, he does a job with complete and utter conviction and commitment. And four years later, the same very players that were right at the heartbeat of taking the game down into that uh, unenvious position gave their opinion and the board that control the game that run this game they no longer want to just in there mm, that's some pretty some pretty big fish just <laughs> coming out and that's not uh, it's not usual for those boys to really sort of nail their flag to the mask on a topic either especially mm. against their former employees employers and a lot of those guys are involved in the media now as well, is and, and they work for various um, uh, uh, TV uh, stations and and broadcasting networks, and they're partners of Australian cricket as well. So there's so much feeling towards this. Uh, I won't call it a sacking of Justin Langer, but just offering him a contract, which he simply, you know, anyone in their in their right mind and his position wouldn't wouldn't agree to the six month extension that they offered him. So. It's, it's a pretty fascinating um, sort of topic. And uh, just, I wonder, I grew up in the era of Justin Langer, right? The mentality, the the, yeah. the kind of tough and stoic um, type of cricketer. And, and I like it. Um, I don't agree with it all the time. And there was a lot of times when I was a player when my coaches would challenge me. And we've had these conversations about your coaches as well. And mm. I didn't like it, but I know I needed it. And I think, you know, that was the yeah. era which we grew up in. And, the only thing I would say is things aren't quite the same now as what they used to be. And, and I'll say the job that Justin Langer did was outstanding in terms of bringing back a lot of the support for the Australian cricket team. Um, Performance-wise, it wasn't actually that great. Look, the Ashes, mm. England were hopeless. Okay, They were hopeless. So I think anyone that was at the helm, they would have, they would have won that. The T20 World Cup was a really good performance. But aside from that, the, the performance is just a bit middling for an Australian cricket side. So uh, I'm not sure he can he can hold his record up and say he was he 100% deserved to stay in the job. But I think he did a good job at the time. The, the danger was that I think he lost the changing room. He lost the group. And mm. the two most recent performances, the T20 World Cup and the Ashes, from what I understand, a lot of that was actually player-driven. And, and Langer, after the feedback which he had had from... Cricket Australia and the players previously was that he was too intense and needed to take a backward step. So he took that backward step, which 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 was great, but then they got the success. So was that was it the players who were driving that forward or was that his ability to, to step backwards and was that gonna last forever? So look I don't really know what the 
what the answers are. Um, but the other thing I would point to is that on the road, his record was pretty average too. And that's when coaching is actually at its most important because, you know, when you're at home, everyone's got their home comforts and, and winning at home, just like in rugby, bro, like winning at home is a lot easier, right? You go back to your own families and you see your friends and, you know, everyone speaks the same language and around you and, and we're, you're in the same cultures which you've, you've grown up in. When you're on the road, Challenges are way different, eh? And teams have to be a lot tighter. And a lot of, if there's any chinks in that in that armour, then they will be exposed on the road. And he didn't win a test series away from home during his tenure as, as test coach, which for an Australian side is pretty average, really. And it wasn't overwhelmingly successful. Yes, he did a good job while he was there, but I can kind of see why they wanted to head in a different direction as well, if that makes sense. Yeah, mate, mate, I just want to talk to you about the brand, the brand of Cricket Australia as of late. Like, you've you've seen so many controversies as of late with the sandpaper, the Tim Payne, and then this one, obviously, Justin Langer. Like, from a commercial sense, Cricket Australia, one of the biggest brands in the world, you know, when you think of brands and sports teams and organisations, and hearing from uh, Adam Gilchrist, uh, Matthew Hayden, just the greats of the game. Ad, like, Adam Gilchrist, outstanding, love what he's about. Ricky Ponting. You know, one of the legends, all-time greats of the game. When you're hearing them questioning their team and, and and saying it's gutless the way Cricket Australia has handled this thing, as an organisation, mate, they must have taken a dent from all these accusations and and things that have gone on in the public eye. It's not a great thing for for the branding sense, like commercially. They got to take a dent from this. And the question I want to ask you, Baz, is the landscape of a coach now. Has it gone from what it used to be, and has it cha- has the changing of guard have gone the way that coaches have been able to coach? Can coaches be left alone to no. coach, or have they been held to ransom by? I'm just looking at the cricket board night right now, and I know absolutely no one in that cricket Australian board. Or do they run the team? That's a great question, mate. It is a great question, and you you bang on about the the brand of Australian cricket. It has taken a huge, huge hit, mm. mate. Keep in mind that the AFL and cricket are the two sports in in Australia yep. that, that everyone knows. That is the number one summer sport. It is massive in Australia, and everyone always loved the Australian cricket team. Loved them or hate them. They supported them, you know? And mm. that, um, that's taken a huge hit with all of the stuff, like, the as you say, the Sandpaper Gate, um, the Tim Payne stuff, and now, um, obviously, Darren Lehman being moved on as well back then, and now, obviously, this stuff around around uh, Justin Langer. Jeff Lawson, the former cricketer, uh, Australian cricketer Jeff Lawson, actually wrote a really good piece today, and he talked a little bit about contemporary players, and, and indeed most young people as well, not just players, but they don't like being told what, what to do. They mm. need to be convinced, they need to be cajoled, and they need to be steered into the appropriate direction. And coaches who tend to micromanage players, well, they, they tend to have pretty short shelf lives as well. Especially now, he said, when players are erudite, educated, and intelligent, which a lot of those guys in that Australian side are. So that does change the landscape somewhat. I think the old school methods, which I kind of enjoyed, I didn't like at the time, yeah. but I think mm. got the most out of me. That I think it's different now. And I think that society now, that, that coaches have to be different. I know from my own coaching experience that I have to coach these guys differently as well. I'm, I can't just do it how how I used to like it being done. And that's that's mm. the mark of a coach, right? Is well I think it is, is that you've got to be you've got to be prepared to move and, and change and 
and work with the players because ultimately it's the players who are the ones who have got to go out there and get the performances. Mate, I love it. I love it. And, and I think the biggest question is, and when I was a part of the team, doesn't matter what you do, whoever's running the team, no one is bigger than the team. And what I'm getting from this is the players are bigger than Cricket Australia and they're making all the calls right here. So that's, that's kind of the feeling I'm getting from it, Bez, um, that, that mm. the players have got so much pull and are they the bigger than the team? No one is bigger let's, than the team. Let's pick that back up. Let's pick that, that back up a little bit later on. Is We'll be back very soon on Baz and Izzy for breakfast. The beautiful Queenstown has become quite the sporting hub over the last week or so, and it's not just the Super Rugby sides making the most of it. The White Ferns are settled in ahead of their T20 and 5 ODIs against India and ahead of the World Cup. It should prove a crucial build-up series. Katie Martin, Katie Martin is the White Ferns keeper, keeper and she's also a standout in the Spark commentary box, I must say. And she's on the show this morning, Katie Martin, out of the beautiful Queenstown. Good morning. How are you, Katie? Yeah, good, good. How are you going? Ah, very good, very good. We're up and about. Cricket has been on the show throughout the morning because there's lots happening in the cricketing world. But how are the girls? How's the team settling into the beautiful Queenstown? How preparation's been? Yeah, no, it's really good. We've uh, we've got a hotel here for a month, so we've got the cafe and the bar set up already. Um, we've been down to the beach. Ooh. We haven't seen the Super Rugby boys, so it's been a little disappointing. But no, it's uh, it's awesome. Uh, <laughs> Queenstown's a pretty pretty great cricket ground as well, so we're having a good time so far. Nice. Well, if I know you well, Katie, good morning as well, Katie. Then uh, it would be bar prior to cafe. But uh, was it your birthday yesterday, Katie? <laughs> Did you manage to have a couple of little? couple of little glasses of wine or something? Yes, no. I actually went down to Botswana Butchery, so that was a, a great spot Ooh. to have, obviously, Danian girl, so I like my lamb. Um, so, yeah, I had that for dinner, so that was really nice, and I had a wee gin as well, so um, celebrate the occasion. Apparently, um, when it's your birthday, you get reminded of your age, but also Jacob Borum said you're a long time retired, so I'm not sure if it was a compliment or otherwise, but I'll take that. Oh, very good, very good. And the um, the Spark Sports obviously paying you well because Botswana's quite pricey down at um, Queenstown. Mm. They're obviously getting a pretty good contract there. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, probably not as much as you, but I'll tell you what I can get. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how's it all going anyway, Katie? Geez, you're so serious this morning. This is not, not normal. Where's, where's, where's like the real fun, Katie? You're in well, camp, hey? you're, in, in the morning. you're really focused. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, get me at 8, really 8 o'clock at night and you might have the fun, Katie. But no, um, no, it, we had a bit of a run around in the morning yesterday. We had an open wicket, so um, that was a pretty, pretty cool time. But um, no, we're looking forward to getting into the series against India. So we haven't seen too much of them. We've set up a gym outside for them and they have the first set in the morning. So <laughs> they're all packed, they've all packed their woolly warm. So we're giving them fresh Queenstown in the morning, which is which is good. Get the opposition on the back foot early, as you say. No pun intended, yeah. obviously. But no. <laughs> oh, is his desperate task question? Just a second. So I'll just jump in quickly with one. We've been talking about coaching, and obviously, the, in the coaching world, you as a uh, as a pundit would be well across what's happening in the men's game as well with um, Justin Langer and, and obviously Chris Silverwood too. But what your coach Bob Carter? What sort of style of coach is Bob Carter? Yeah, he, I think he's evolved as he's spent some more time with the girls. We're probably a little more sensitive. Um, he's quite a direct coach, um, but also empathetic and supporting the girls when they need. Um, he's spent a lot of time 
probably trying to develop the skill set in the um, depth of women's cricket in New Zealand over the last couple of years. Um, but yeah, as he's sort of probably gone on, he's probably had a few sharp words early in his career just to sort of set the standards that he wants to have in the team, but in a respectful and empathetic way as opposed to sort of that fear environment. Um, yeah, and, and he's, as he's evolved, and I probably dealt with Jacob Warham, who's a sensitive guy um, as an assistant coach. He's sort of helped develop those guys as well. Um, and, and brought them along and yeah it's a really good environment and, and he leads from the front in terms of his coaching and in terms of getting around the group at trainings and just knowing what he needs to do around their development um, and I think he's probably had more I guess a better understanding of women's cricket as sort of he's gone on just in terms of the different style of play and skill sets and things like that obviously there's not as much pace um, as the bowling and when you'll see some of the Indian bowl, uh, spin bowlers, sometimes the ball goes backwards as it comes down the wicket. So there's a few, a few slower options. So there's done a lot of work around working out as well how, um, I guess, the skills that we need to do around power um, to improve the way we play. So, you know, he's, he's been fantastic and um, he has really helped us develop our game and, and hopefully it can show over the next couple of months. You've had oh, new year time with him on the show. Did he coach you? Uh, Bob, Bob, Bob coached me. I enjoyed Bob actually. Um, uh, he had an insatiable work ethic, and I'm sure he, yeah, I'm sure that's why he's doing a, a really good job with you guys. Well, he's got a firm hand when he needs it, but he's um, he tries to get the best out of of all the players. That's for sure. Yeah, and interesting, interesting. You mentioned Jake as well. He's obviously he's really plying his trade um, in the women's game as well and he's doing a fabulous job so it's good to good to hear how are you guys going to go do you think in this uh, in this series Katie well, I think it's a marker in the sand for us about where we are in terms of um, for the World Cup um, the India were the runners up in the last World Cup and they've got like a really good mix of experience um, and some exciting youth um, coming through but I think if we can sort of, it's just a matter of us clicking and, and when, if we can click with the bat and actually like get a good understanding on how we want to play, which, we, which we're there, um, it's just actually putting the performances out in the park and that's what we haven't done. Um, we sort of bowled really well in England, restricted teams under 200 and then sort of probably was a little fearful with the bat and then, and then got rolled. So yeah, I think if we can just click with the bat, we've got the bowling lineup that can do the job and if we if we have a really good series against India, I think that'll put us in a good stead for the World Cup. And obviously, that's what it's all about, is us playing at home, trying to win a World Cup. So I think we're in the best place possible, and, and it's pretty exciting opportunities, as you both know, around having, you know, to play a World Cup um, at home. Yeah, it's, it's one of the most special occasions. How have you, how's Bob Carter and, and your, your senior player, Sophie Devine, how have you approached... Um, playing at home, like trying to get rid of that external pressure. Have you, has it been spoken about quite a bit in, in the environment? Yeah, we've talked about, obviously, um, that there is going to be extra pressure on us because we're at home, um, and obviously our record at home hasn't mm. been as great. We've also played the best teams in the world for the last three years, so hopefully it'll be nice to get some confidence builders against maybe the lesser teams, but I think women's mm. cricket's developed so much over the last few years that every team can compete against each other. Um, I remember last year in Australia, we played the um, T20 World Cup and I got interviewed after a game and I was a bit grumpy because we'd lost <laughs> against India and they said, Australia said, oh, we're under no extra pressure and I obviously I had a few cheeky words for the Australians, as you do. Um, and yeah, they come back and said, no, no, we're under no pressure and 
apparently they did a documentary and said they were under extra pressure and they did feel and there was the biggest lie of Healy's life. So um, that's Australia for you. But yeah, we're just going to be honest as, as Kiwis are and, and hit it head on and just say, look, there is extra pressure and we know we haven't been performing as a team as we need to, but gee was like, you don't get these opportunities that often. So we're just embracing it and getting on with it and doing it, you know, doing it with a smile on our face and going, well, you know, this is a pretty awesome time for us to be at home and like I'm sitting here looking out on the Queenstown Lake. I mean, how awesome is that? So especially with the way the world is at the moment. So yeah, we're pretty grateful and just really looking forward to getting out there and yeah, having a bloody good time doing it. Tell us about your bubble. Yeah, 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 no, we've said worse. I've said definitely. I was going to say. Don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> so have I on, 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 on Spark Sports. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Lucky Joe's got the dump running ready. Um, but tell us about your bubble. Super rugby teams, they're not allowed to even allowed to get, go for a walk down the road. And they're afraid of getting, uh, well, we hate to say it on the show, but that, that virus that's going around. Um, but tell us about your bubble. You girls still up able to do things. You obviously went out for dinner, but you still got a bit of freedom. And are you getting that blackjack uh, set up in the team room? Like last time we were talking, yeah, you were up and about getting blackjack going in the team room. Yeah, no, we've got um, we've got a few rooms here. I've got blackjack set on order, so um, yeah, that'll come about. We sort of just <laughs> we're allowed out and about, but sort of in our own little bubble, so not a full team dinner or things like that. You know, just smaller pockets. Um, We've got a few cars in there as well, so we sort of stay in those groups. Obviously, the close contact thing is a bit of an issue, so if one person mm. gets it, we're trying to reduce as much of the risk, I guess, because you know if someone gets COVID, that's pretty much them out for this tour, and if it's at the World Cup, it's that as well. So yeah, we're just trying to stay in more smaller groups. We're allowed out and about, but obviously wearing masks all around the hotel, and we've got two floors here that um, we've got in the hotel as well. So it doesn't sound as restricted as the rugby boy. But um, they probably need it more than us. So yeah, we're pretty well behaved, you know. We don't we don't go at casino and drinking and stuff like that. We just keep it in house. So, oh, okay. <laughs> nah, they're they're great guys. They're great guys. Those Highlanders, they better be focused. So we'll say that. <laughs> no, nah, we you know we're pretty. Cricket is a, we're you saying cricket is, is boring? Sorry, carry on. Okay. No, no, you no, go. You go. I was going to say cricket is a smart. Um, <laughs> so I want to know. Yeah. I, I, I want to know then. So what? So you, so you're all in that big hotel. What's the hierarchy? Who gets I've the big sweets? Has Katie Steve, got a big suite, or, or, or oh, was, no, that, no. was that reserved no, no. for others? Yeah, no, no, no. That's reserved for Bob. I think he's got three three rooms that all would join with each other. So um, <laughs> no, we it's pretty stock standard rooms actually, but. You know, Bob will get every, you know, he's got to be top echelon of all the suites. And then I think it sort of filters down to Sophie and, um, I mean, Susie Bates, she's got a watt bike in her room at the moment. So she's been waking up people with the noise of the fan. So that hasn't been ideal for some below her, but um, she might be putting her own wing soon enough. Um, but no, yeah, they're pretty good rooms, actually. I've, I've got a pretty good setup. So, um, and there's not too much clothes on the floor. So I'm going okay so far. I mean, it is day three, so. That's a lie. That would be a lie. <laughs> you should tell, honestly, is hey, Katie? Is Katie? Hey, Katie. Katie's car is the most. Oh, I'm yeah. going to say this, Katie. It's not. It's terrible, isn't it? Like you're, you're mess yeah. in your car. There's just clothes. There's just rubbish well. absolutely everywhere in, in Katie's car. Is that fair? Well, I feel like I'm prepared for any given day. Like if it's raining, I can just grab a jacket out the back. If I'm thirsty, I can just grab an extra <laughs> bottle and a couple of spare coffee cups if need be. So I feel like I'm just quite well prepared. 
Man, you'll get on Fair well. Enough. My car's an absolute sty. Quickly before we let you go, Katie, how's Mealy? How's Mealy Kirk getting back in? She's had an outstanding uh, cricket competition as of late, the smash. So how's she begin transitioning back into the squad and, and being around the squad? Uh, she's been brilliant. Uh, cricket's sort of a home for Mealy, um, so she's really enjoyed being back mm. with the group. And, yeah, everyone sort of gets around her. And, you know, it's obviously been a really tough time for a young kid who, to be fair, has sort of come into cricket so young. Um, she, and she's just a yeah. really special talent. Um, but yeah, she's brought her guitar along, so we've had a few sing-alongs. And, you know, she sits in the, in the cafe waiting for me to make her coffee. So that must be what happens when she lives at home <laughs> as well. She spent a bit of time at home, so she's got a bit used to Silver Spoon maybe. But... Um, yeah, so no, she's she's fantastic, and she's someone I think that you know will get some good opportunities with the bat in this tournament. I think you'll see, um, yeah, I guess how she's been going in such great form in the Super Smash. So um, yeah, we're really excited to have her back, and she's got fed well at Botswana Butchery yesterday as well. So hopefully that'll keep her in good stead and will keep her smile on her face. 